Welcome back to Super Tuesday Recap. It's your host, Chris, here with Deepom. And we're here to talk Season 7, Episode 9 of Legend of Tomorrow, Lowest Common Denominator. Uh, Gideon slash Gidget jumps the time machine into the Mandarin Dimension. The crew of a 90s reality show causes havoc. Sarah and Ava share their true feelings about their roles as co-captains, and B-Raj seeks advice about Astro from Nate and Zari. Uh, what do you think? There's one thing I took from this episode more than anything else is that you can have your housewives, you can have your survivors, you can have your amazing races and other reality shows that I don't even know about. All you owe it all to the real world. <laughs> they got more exaggerated as it happened, but in the beginning I was like, this is the first season, this is the world San Francisco. Like These are all the, mm. the archetypes, they fit them all. And then they got more exaggerated and became the thing that they were, but man, as someone who ardently still watches the challenge, shout out to America's fifth major sport. Um, Yes, this was. I was here for this episode. This was. This was good. I really liked how they found every trope and just beat you to death with it. I I think that's the thing. At this point, I've gotten to this point with Legend of Tomorrow and these reviews we do. They're not even really reviews. It's just me and you just discussing and talking about the show. We're not even like when we did in later seasons of Agent of Shield, where it was like still a lot of theories and a lot of back and forth and things like that. I think that's why these have gotten so much shorter. So like we're not even doing that anymore with Legend of Tomorrow. To me, I watch now Legend of Tomorrow because to me, it is now a masterclass in how you write a show. And the reason mm -hmm. why I say that is the way they tie things together. I, again, we, it, it's a theme we've been saying for the last two, three years when we've been doing these shows, uh, doing these reviews and talking about this show, is that it takes these really silly, silly concepts, but then is able to break them down and, and pull these through lines to the entire thing. At one point, when B Rod brings up the fact that, like, he's never had to deal with the fact that he died. Mm -hmm. And you're like, shit, you're right. And, like, you break down this whole And you're like, this is a character that showed up on the show, what was it, like, two seasons ago? Because of the whole, uh, you know, um, what was it? Uh, what was the name of that fucking amusement park uh nate's dad made i, I can't remember but like <laughs> the whole thing the whole ridiculous hey, way hey, hey, hey world there we go hey world or something yeah the whole ridiculous <laughs> way we got b-rod and zari ended up disappearing into the totem and things like that is this like he just shows up one day and you're like who is this guy and we don't we didn't have a lot of the background we knew that zari uh our you know main zari uh, flannel zari as we're calling her now uh had a brother that and family that died uh, in, in her timeline, we never knew who this guy was, right? And so we, we've gone several seasons with him and not really known who B-Rod is, right? And so this episode, you actually get a kind of a breakdown of, of what he's gone through and what, what he's had to do. Like the whole thing of like, yeah, think about, you know, some of my, my, my childhood moments and, you know, my failures were caught on camera for our entire world to see. Because I didn't get that privacy. So I, I kind of sunk into myself and became someone who really just kind of not let try to show that nothing really got to me. It's like, wow, that's, that's actually, uh, that's some really good character development there that you get, right? Well, well it was, it was interesting because like I hadn't thought about the timeline of how we got B-Rod. And now that you've kind of spelled it out, when we walk in, it's assumed he's had these adventures. It's assumed mm -hmm. he's had these connections. We just missed it. And it's really stark to be like, nah, man, you can just miss it. It never happened. Mm -hmm. We've never reconciled who and why he's on this ship. Mm -hmm. Well, how would he get unstuck in time? How is he a legend? Mm -hmm. And 
this was a really good, I thought, of addition of weight to a character that's been a joke. It's been kind of one note, and that we've kind of enjoyed the one note joke of it. To be honest, mm-hmm. we've been like, it's nice to have a simple, fun character to kind of laugh with, and we're being shown in real time that maybe we should have taken the whole thing more seriously from the jump. Not only that, but again, this to me is at this point when I when I talk about this show, it's more to me about the larger structure than just the season story and things like that, right? And to me, it's this is what this show does, right? It takes those one note characters and makes them so much more, right? I mean, if you think about it, it kind of started off with the premise of the show in season one. I mean, granted, we know that season one was probably the strugglest season they had, yes. but it was the same thing, right? All of these. They were all people that, you know, were told that, you know, your death didn't matter. It wouldn't matter if we took you out of the timeline and put you on this time shit to kind of be legends and go forward from there. But when you think about it, they were all one note characters, kind of, right? You know, and so this show, for for the ones that are still around, expand them from that. And so it's what this show has always done. And it, and it's, it, it, and, it still shocks me that eight seasons in, I mean, well, seven seasons in, it's still doing it. And there's so many shows that don't, that can't do that. You know, and this show is just really good at doing that. You have the whole thing with Gideon and the fact that she turns into Gidget. And why did she turn into Gidget? Because she's, she's, she's got this idea that, oh, showing her human emotions and, 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 and leaning on her on a human side um, is making her weak and is, and is making her unfocused. So when she decides to go and, 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 and shove those down, she turns into the murder bot. She turns into the Gidget that's chasing them around. Even when she right. made that joke at the end, and I'm just like, wait, yeah, this is the difference. And it's, and it's the through line we, we mentioned last week to last week's episode. We were talking about how, hey, as soon as that, that evil robot Sarah kind of leaned on her humanity, all of a sudden things kind of changed, and Gidget was like, nope, we got to remove that. So the tweak she's making to the Android Legends is to remove any pieces of their humanity to make him in there. And, and then when I'm watching this episode, I go, wait a minute. Some of those traits we saw in the Android, uh, the androids is coming out into them now under this, the spell of this, this crew, like Nate, all of a sudden became the tanning, the, the spray on tan <laughs> muscle head all of a sudden. Right. And I'm like, wait, we just saw this last week with the androids. And so it's a very subtle thing. And again, it's, it's, is buried under this really silly, ridiculous premise with Spooner walking around naked like she's on Naked and Afraid or Survivor. You got, you know, um, all these things happening. You you have Sarah all of a sudden turning into this person who just wants to be on a vacation and things. Like, all these things are happening, but then you start looking at her like, wait a minute, there's... This is not just out of the blue. This is all connected and it all makes sense, you know? And so, this is a really well-written show just in general for how they pull all that out because again so many shows can't do that and you know we bring up agent shield all the time but that's why we loved agent shield you know and it's one of those shows that just kept getting stronger as the seasons was on because of that yeah cool yeah the story the story and things like that but it's how you tell the story how you use those characters how you're making it so that you have an ensemble cast and it never feels like anybody's left out and if it is somebody feeling left out that's part of the story, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I really, 
Like everything you everything you really summed up my feelings about the episode really well. Because even at that heart where it's such a real weighty heart where we're dealing with Bayrod's trauma, it's surrounded by some of the funniest, tightest writing you're gonna mm-hmm. find on television. Right. Like it feels like they brought in a reality show producer be like, what are the so what are the tropes? How do we hit every one of them in, in 46 minutes? And from Sarah's solution being a vacation, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. Um, and then two people like making the house pick sides. Like it's just the whole thing. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really also well done to show um, uh, like less dramatically, but Astro's, Astro's transformation as well. Mm-hmm. Like the revelation that, oh no, you can be the point now because you fought for a piece of a soul. Yeah. And I can control you with that. Like that's, it's, it's making explicit what a lot of shows or a lot of other mediums would use to make implicit. Like, is, Audra, is she a better person? Yeah. Are we going to explicitly show you? Yes, we are. Yeah. It's, it's not just, we're going to tell you, we're going to show you things mm-hmm. like that. Even at the end, when Gary stands up for his woman, it's like, you all owe her an apology, you know? You know, oh, and, house meeting. And, and, right, the house meeting and things like that. And in in the back of our mind, like and and even Sarah going like, you know what? You're right. You know, we do find you know, everybody here has found love in different ways and in different circumstances, and we shouldn't be looking down on you and things like that. In the back of my mind, I'm going like, yeah, but it's an alien or a robot though, so I I don't trust either one of them. But I hear you. I hear the spirit of it, but like, mm, one's a, one's one's an alien that likes a test of human flesh, and the other one is literally one human emotion away from like literally was going to have you guys jump into a tornado and kill you all. I, I just, I'm not saying their love is something that you should frown on. I'm just saying <laughs> you should keep an eye on them. I'm just saying, keep an eye on those two. Just keep an eye on those two. That's all. But no, I mean, but like, honestly, in the, in the idea of what the show is, it makes sense. And like I said, and, and again, that moment of like, to me, what, what I loved about it was not only the, the Gary. And again, it's such a che- It feels like it's such a cheesy thing. Gary saying, hey, no, we need to apologize to, to Gideon. You know, we love each other, and this is how we, our feelings are, and you guys made her feel bad about it. But immediately Sarah going like, hey, you know what? No, you're right. Like, think about how many times we, mm-hmm. and not in, just, not in just shows, but in real life, you gotta go through the whole thing of like, no, I'm not gonna, I wasn't wrong. Why was I wrong? You know, to go through that moment of somebody going and having to go to somebody else to be like, yeah, no, you were wrong. You need to do this. No, you had this in front of everybody going this one time and, and, and the self-realization of, hey, we were wrong. We were being hypocritical and we are sorry. And them all going, yeah, you're right. We were like, it sounds so simple, but like, it's also unfortunately to say this radical, mm-hmm. right? We were just, <laughs> it was so funny. We were literally having a, a separate conversation about something before we got, I'm not going to get into it right now, but, um, <laughs> But it was just this idea of people not wanting to admit when they're wrong. And, saying, and so instead of admitting you're wrong and then moving on from it, you double, triple, quadruple down on it to the point that there's no coming back. And I'm like, it's just so refreshing that, to see this put in the show going like, no, hey, our bad. We, we fucked that up. We're sorry. We owe you an apology. You're right. And, then just, and, then, and not only that, and then go, and then not only just say, hey, we're wrong, but then go, you know what? We should listen to you. What do you think we should do? You know? So it's backed up by not just words, but like you were saying before, 
actions. It's it's funny. I just rewatched. Uh, I was in the midst of rewatching The Good Place, which if you haven't watched, a fantastic show, everyone. Um, but part of the conceit of the show is the ability to be your best, the best version of yourself. And that's what I've liked about this. The, the way this show does conflict resolution is that allow those characters to be the, like the best version of yourself accepts your friend's pain, acknowledges you were wrong, and immediately acts to rectify the, the, uh, the, the damage. But like you said, like real life doesn't work that way. Like if there's something, if, if two friends you thought shouldn't be together got together, you wouldn't be like, you know what? You were right. I shouldn't stick my nose in it. You'd be like, no, nah, this is foul and y'all are wrong. And so I think that this is like an egalitarian version of like kind of like without any other heads, like this is how you should react here, guys. Like this is teaching so because again, we're not the target audience. The target audience is like I don't know who the target audience honestly is at this point. I think it's like maybe maybe about ten years younger than us. Well thank you. you we still need to learn these goddamn things. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, I mean, and it's not just this. Uh, the more and more thinking about it, I mean, we've been getting a lot of this. Think about how many times, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's look at the relationship between Sarah and Ava, right? Mm-hmm. Sarah and Ava, not, isn't, their relationship isn't super regressive because it's, you know, it's, it's two women together. It's super regressive because their communication, you what? know? It's like, wait, they communicate. When there's something wrong with each other, they sit down and have a conversation and talk it out and and they work through their issues. It's like, holy shit, man. Like <laughs> that's the progressive part of this relationship. It's not the oh wow, look, we got a two two hot women are together. No, 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 no. That's fine. That's the show does it. You know, any show at, at this point, every show does it. Now the the thing is like, you know, we're together. It's the 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 uh Fanti Zari and Nate. Going like, you know, and, and, and Flannel's already going, listen, you guys are friends. You need to sit there and talk this shit out. And not going, hey, we're going to make it super weird because I look like her. And so Nate's like, oh, well, I got two of them now. Like, not even going down that path. Not even looking at that. Like, you have Nate actually being super progressive in that means. Going right. like, yeah, I'm going to move into the totem. I'm going to meet your aunties. We're going to do all this stuff. Which, by the way, they, they brought this up now. Now I can't wait for this to happen because it's going to be. <laughs> I, I, at this point now. Because now they keep they keep mentioning it. They keep mentioning the ancestors and meeting Nate, and I'm like, this is gonna go well, wonderfully. And well, I, they're I, clearly I, saving some CGI money. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So I mean, right, <laughs> right. So, but like, even that, like all these relationships and things like that, and how they're handling them, uh, and you still get the ones that are are toxic, like Zarian and Constantine were definitely a toxic relationship and things like that. So you still get them, but like. There's a there's a open there's an open communication between uh this. You have um you have platonic friendships, you have, you know, male friendship and bros and things like that. That is non-toxic, right? It's like you start looking at this stuff from the from a from a more modern lens, you're going like, wait, this show's actually doing a lot. And it's doing it well. And it doesn't it doesn't feel forced, right? It feels very natural this things happens it comes in you're next you know you're watching going like i think i just watched a progressive hour of television that just did it with no fanfare they just did it you know and and i love it and they lean into it and it's so ridiculous and over top like we talked about before when early in the season when they were like 
not Nate, you gotta go talk to him. And they're like, why? Because you're, you're a superpower. You're a white male. He's like, you're right. <laughs> He's like, you're right. Okay. And they just went forward with it. And I'm just like, yeah, they, just, they, they did that. They, they actually said that and did it and didn't think too much about it. It's like, wow. Okay. So, yeah, I, I just, this is where I'm at with the show now. Like, love the story they're telling. I, I, I'm going to find it interesting and in, 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 in how they're doing it. To me, it's more, the, again, focusing on the how. How they're telling the story and how uncompromised they seem. Right? I mean, I think we said the same thing. Again, I compare the show so much to Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in those last seasons felt so uncompromised. Like, you knew this was their story. Yes, right? very much so. Like, we're, we're not changing that. This is the story we're telling. We're not going to try to, we're not trying to compromise on it. We're going to go there on certain things, and we're going to do these certain things. And that's just what it is. And it's just, it's refreshing to see a show that's been around this time that's still keeping this up and keep doing it. So yeah. Yeah. So good. It's really impressive that they're able to pull it off, man. It's it's impressive they're able to pull it off and still make it always feel fresh. Um this line is just when you think you can trust a woman, she turns around and reveals her true self. That's why you can't trust dames. You can only trust gains. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> someone got paid to write that and not paid enough. <laughs> Yo I, I was just like I was I died when he said that shit. I was like, "Are you fucking serious right now? Are you fucking serious?" Right now? I was like, "Where's this going? Where's this going? Where's this going?" Perfect. Right. Right. I couldn't believe it. Um, Spooner with some clothes on. Um, oh, and then at the end, going like Spooner, the cameras aren't here anymore. No you can do this. It's like I don't know. I feel kind of free. I, I kind of like this. this. Nice. Put some clothes on. The rest of us don't. Put some clothes on. I think it's very funny. Um. Also, just a hat tip to Bayron, like the actor, like everybody on this motherfucking act, man. That's one thing I'm learning is that like there are no slouches. Like the when they had Victor Garber, clearly like it was a certain point where it was like, okay, he's better than these people. Right. But everybody here, they never asked him to stretch acting muscles. Right. Um, and this time they did. And he delivered. And uh just yeah, bravo I- to the cast, bravo to the writing staff. Able to balance this crew so let me give a shit about the one note we joke. Ooh, it made much more. I mean, that's but that's I, what he was for a long time. Yeah. But I also think that's the other thing too about this show that I, I I appreciate so much, right? And I think this is the thing, and we talked about this last week when the, with the whole possible sale of CW and things like this. And this is the part that I think not enough people are talking about that you lose with this. It's not just the diversity. It's not just that diversity. Not just you know on the screen but behind the camera too it's the opportunities like there are so many actors on this show that you're like wait this person's actually really good at this like this person's actually a really good actor and we're because like think about on on legends how many times they're playing multiple versions of themselves right you know the actress who's playing zari is playing literally two versions of themselves fringes on hbo max man what is that you said version of yourself, but that was interesting that you would say that because <laughs> Fringe, that show that I keep yelling at you, work so with, like, many it's episodes. now become like a running gag. I think you yeah, think it is. It's, it's you think just, I'm a joke to you? I'm just, funny. Just um, so many yeah. episodes. So many episodes. Just so many. It all starts with one. So many. So many there. Such a such it all a starts with one. Such a commitment. But like I said, but, but you know, not just the actors, but then also the opportunities are given them. I want to say 
it was last week's episode was directed by um wait was it one of the episodes recently i thought was directed by mace uh hmm. but uh, i gotta go find it but i got a sworn it was that or one of the other episodes or something like that but it's like this is what they do Th- this whole production of giving oh the next one is so uh macy R- richard sellers is directing the next episode fixed point you know and so them constantly giving actors and actresses their um their dues not just on screen but also a chance to direct and get that their name out there to d- direct some stuff we were talking about last week about the deal that david ramsey's uh has yeah. has 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 put in to not just act but then also direct some of these episodes. It's like that to me is the thing that you know if the CW is bought and sold to someone is, is sold to someone else and 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 this loses this is a part that I hope does go to HBO Max or somewhere else, right? Like whatever Berlanti has built over here, he's built a good ecosystem where it's it's self feeding. It's not just the shows and the actors, but then giving them 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 credits beyond just what they normally would get. Getting an opportunity right. to direct, give them an opportunity to write, give them an opportunity to do these other things that you don't normally get see see actors getting a chance to do all the time, right? And they're giving their crews, and it's not always just the big names, right? It's not always just the big names that are getting opportunities. Sometimes it's other. It's, it's like the, some of the side characters, are like, oh wait, you're getting an opportunity to direct. All right, cool. Let's see what you're going to do. And I think that's one of the things that's going to be missed that could potentially be missed with the CW, right? Oh, and, there's, there's tons of that. Worst case scenario with the CW, there's tons that be missed, but this is, like you said, chief among them. Watching the the level of talent gets stretched in so many different ways and right. so and, and in such different um, directions. Right. I think it really is is a, is a could be a dramatic loss. So I hope right. that because, whatever happens with this end, even if it doesn't up on HBO Max, they can still keep this ecosystem yeah. that Berlanti has built because it's like, yeah. not just developing actors, it's developing. Full-fledged performers, well, people who have futures in this industry. Well, and let's, let's be honest here. A lot of those times when them episodes get directed by somebody in the cast, they're sometimes the best episodes of the season. Like, let's not lose track of that. Like, we sometimes watch those episodes, and you start pulling the episodes out of the season and see who's directed what and things like that. You come back and go, like, wait, that was actually a really good episode. Who directed that? It was like, oh, wait, Dave Ramsey directed oh. Part of it is, like, knowing that your teammate's on the line, like yeah. having someone that you're, that you're in the trenches with. Because yeah. when they have a guest director in, and you can listen to Kevin Smith's podcast talking about this, particularly a lot of these shows, it's very much, you're coming in and you're plugging into a system that exists week in, week out. When you have someone that, one, is <clears throat> excuse me, familiar with the system, but two, is familiar with the cast, and the cast wants to perform for them, you're able to stretch some things and probably try things you wouldn't normally try as someone who's a work-for-hire type of uh, performer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, anything else on this episode? Um, real quick, real quick. Oh, <clears throat> and I, I had a question about Gideon's desire to go save Franz Ferdinand until I realized now she's going. This is how they're going to draw out the other legend. Mm-hmm. Right. This is right. pretty smart, actually. Right. So, also, the next episode is called Fixed Point, so that's going to be interesting. As well. Oh no, it, it did not. Trust me, it did not click until you told me the title just now. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. Um. Also, this title being lowest common denominator is a. Um, is, is a shot to the chest of, of all of us, America. We all watch some form of reality TV, be it mm-hmm. C-SPAN or The Challenge or another lesser program. Um, so yeah, we're all the worst. So just mm-hmm. wear that, America. Wear it. 
this is this is our contribution to the world so um all right uh, a couple things i want to talk about before we wrap this up uh sure. one uh that moon knight trailer mm. y'all don't know mark's crazy <laughs> or steven or lots of names we can use here he's crazy and i didn't know how crazy they're gonna make him and they made him crazy yeah, yeah and, um I guess we have to talk about the gentleman, don't we? Which one? Oh, the one that died? Yeah. I wasn't going to, but I mean... It'd be weird not to. I was going to wait until later, until the show... Oh, well, like, well, the reason why I was going to wait is because, like, like the show hasn't even aired, so it kind of sucks because... Uh, what, was, uh, what was the gentleman's name? I can't remember. I didn't even know that. I name. can't pronounce it because it's okay. French. I'm not going to butcher it. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was playing Midnight Man, and, and like, it, he's di- it, it kind of sucks that, like... You know, Moon Knight started dying. So I'm like, wait, what happened? And it's like the show hasn't even starred yet. So it's like that's gonna be a little, little kind of damper on the show coming in mm-hmm. because, like, you know, I don't know how big or small his role was on the show, and and yeah, so that kind of sucks. He died during a, a basic freak skiing accident. So yeah, man, that's that's rough. Yeah, it's it's um, he was a, a former winner of the equivalent of the French Oscars, and mm. so. He's a young town. I think he was 37 when he passed. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, 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 it, it does color me going into the show a little bit, honestly, because I was mm-hmm. riding behind the trailer when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it. Obviously, we're going to talk about it on the podcast. It's just, it's something now that you can't unknow. You know, it's like right. Heath Ledger uh, in the, in Batman. You but even, not know it. But even then, with that kind of stuff, that all happened after his performance. Right? Didn't he the other? Wasn't he? The other, oh no, he after, was after before. He passed he, before before it came out. Before it came out. Okay, cool. Okay, not cool, but like okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I I couldn't remember if it, if the performance cool. was before or after. So man, that yeah, that does suck. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's something man. you can control. Obviously, it's it's right. a tragedy. Yeah, The Dark Knight came out that summer, and he passed away in January. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that that is something that definitely it it definitely like you said colors you coming in, um, especially when there's a you know it's it's a tragic loss of life anyway, and then to have it and then you're still like it's a weird thing because you're then you also want to be able to watch and, and praise your show, but then you're like this person is gone, you know, so yeah, yeah that's gonna be rough. Um, what else was I gonna bring up? Oh, <sighs> we also got the official runtime for the Batman. Two hours and forty-seven minutes. Like, here's the thing. If I'm wrong, I will happily admit that I'm wrong. You know, this is one of those times where, you know, I, you know, I want to be wrong. Not going to bet on it, but I want to be wrong. I just, I just don't understand, man. I don't. Why would you come out and then try to do it for two hours and 47 minutes? I have a question. Go ahead. I have two questions, actually. The first one is for who? And the second one, the second question, Chris, is for what? What? Mm. Now, you know what? I yelled about this last week on this show and on the poll list. I'm not going to do it again. I'll just say this. I'm not going to watch it, and I know we're right. I know we're right. There is, I, moral certitude, I am positive or right. <laughs> they're going to do everything they think they're going to do. It's going to be infuriating. 
people are going to praise it and no one learn anything. I, Much I, like Stetson Bennett returning for his senior year at Georgia. Ooh, ooh. No one's learned anything. <laughs> I just, I don't, I just, it's just one of those things where I, I just don't understand, just even from a risk mitigation point of view, why you would come out the gate with a two hour and 47 you know, there's been a lot of um, a lot of back and forth over the um, uh, uh, you know the future of WB and what they're doing. And there's been like Batman is one of those things also that is a hot button thing. It's like doing Spider Man. You know, it's one of those things people are gonna be is people have a lot of opinions on 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 the character. And so you would think that you would come in and get in and get out. Even Nolan did that when he when they did the first when they did when he did um Batman Batman Begins that movie I swear that was not that long. Hold on, let me check. No, no, this is a good this is a good experiment because now I'm curious and now I've I, I would love to be even more right. Yeah, Batman it. Begins uh, it's so longer than I thought, but Batman Begins was two hours and twenty. You know, like even he didn't come out the gate like super long because it's like, hey, you. Want to tell your story, obviously, but also you want to you want to mitigate. You want to get people to come in, see your story, get generated, build the build up the attention and, and the want for the next film that you you already know you're going to do. Like you do a two hour and forty seven minute film at the beginning when you don't know you're going to get a second one. They already told you you're going to do you're going to do a whole trilogy of films. You, they, and they're they're going to do it. So why does your story need to be two hour forty seven? I just I'd be preemptively mad about the um, release the five hour cut people. I hate you already. Oh yeah, and you know they're going to come out with you that. Already. You know that's going, and that's the other thing too. You know they're going to come out and try to say, well, you know, if something goes wrong, or it's not the great. Oh well, there was a, it was cut down even further. And it should have been five hours and things like that. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like two hours. Even people who are joking about it, who are like, I'm already joking, Matt. I hate you. For starting the joke, that's going to get co-opted into a real thing. I, I do not. You're a bad person. You know what you did. So mad, Chris. It's just I, I. Again, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Like Avengers Endgame was three, it's three hours, three hours and one minute. But here's the thing: it was a culmination of ten years of movie. You yes. worked your way up to that point to do that, right? It's like you. I just feel like I feel like it's one of those things that let's say it's, let's say it is good, but let's say that coronavirus, there's another coronavirus spread, and something kicks up, and then people are not going to be willing to sit in. And then, because other thing too, guys, you're going to a theater to sit for with a mask on for two hours and forty seven fucking minutes. That's going to be infuriating to me. I just in general, it's going to infuriate me. I don't want to sit in a the theater with a mask on. I don't. I, I think it's I think it's an annoyance. So that's a that's a huge factor for me. So I'm not going to go, you know, unless I unless I know doing, the theater. Are they doing HBO Max for this? No, this is going to be exclusive theater. So it's going to be exclusive theaters. Um, only way I go is if they do like they did with um, the Spider Man movie, and it's like presses. I got a, I got an IMAX theater basically for press only, and I can sit all over the top by myself. The only way I'm going to do that, and even then, at two, because again, I loved. Um, no way home. But again, I had to wear a mask the entire time. That annoyed the shit out of me. It it it, it did lower a little bit of my enjoyment. It had nothing to do with the film. And so now you're making people sit there for two hours and forty seven minutes. I just 
I hey. find that if I want to see the movie, like I did not dampen my No Way Home excitement. I saw it twice. Um, but if it's a movie I was lukewarm about, like I went to see the Super Five, and I got to take my mask off because it was literally just my mother and I in the theater. Mm-hmm. And if I had to wear a mask for that, I would have been upset. <laughs> and that movie's not that long. <laughs> that movie's not that long, but it's also not that good. So. Right? You know, it's not, it's not really good. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't know. So we'll see. I, I'm. Again, I'm not going to say that I'm hopeful. I'm not going to say that I'm nervous because, again, at this point, DC and WB have earned none of that for me. Even with having a good director, I just, at this point, this is, I've heard, I've been in this road before. We've been in this, been in this position before, been hurt before, and things like that. I'm not even doing that. I'm seeing people go, like, oh, yeah, I, I know somebody who's, I'm hearing from people who've seen the film that is great. It's like, yeah, you guys always say this. Like, you know what you don't hear when they hear with Marvel films? You don't hear anybody going, yeah, I saw, I saw No Way Home and it's great. Why? Can it, they are confident. They're like, no, we're not going to do that. You're going you're gonna to hear about it when we're protecting the leash. You're going to hear about it when the rest of the people, uh, when the rest of the press gets to see it and things like that. No. We're already like still almost two months out and they're already talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing that it's good from people who have seen the film. How's anybody seen the film? How's anybody seen <laughs> it? How's, how's anybody seen, seen the final cut of it yet? Doesn't make any they're, fucking they're t- sense. They're tipping you with the promise of what might be. Right, exactly. And this, this, this happens every single DC film. So, again, I'm, I'm just not. I, I just, I don't understand why the formula is there for them in their own film to do, to do this. And they still don't listen. And you decide that the only way to tell the story, again, knowing that you have more films and more runway to tell this film, you're going with a two hour and 47 film. All right, cool. Cool. <laughs> All right, all right, man. That's a story that has been told no less than four times in the last twenty years. I need to do it. Batman longer. begins. Batman and Superman. It's only again in Justice League. I don't know what's going on there. And now this. I need. I need two hours and forty-seven minutes to tell that story. Okay, sure. Cool, bro. All right. You you got it. <laughs> you got it all. You got it. You you know you, you know what you know better than all of us. Okay. Hey hey hey. You know, it must wrong, be nice wrong. to be that sure. From hey, and but here's the thing, like you said, it, it it could do well, you know, and 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 get a bunch of people in the theater. And that's I think and and to me, <clears throat> again, I'm I'm inside the echo chamber, right? Me, you, mm-hmm. we're inside the echo chamber of people who know Batman, who hear the the back and forth of people arguing online and things like that. My my logical also concern about it being two hours and forty seven minutes is the people that are outside of it. because this film needs to be and should be a huge financial success. But the problem is, it's still a pandemic. I was seeing this with somebody, um, somebody talking about in the heights, and the, the one of the cast members was upset that the film didn't do better. And I had to be like, "Yo, give yourself grace. It's a pandemic. Nobody's going to see in the heights in the in the theater for the most part. Like right. this is right. this, this is something that you you need to understand. So from that point of view, forget like the, it being a comedy movie and things like that. In order for for knowing and knowing how WB is, if it's not a financial success, they're going to all of a sudden want to pump the brakes and want to do something different. And all you know, they are going to want to do that. So the question then becomes: outside of the noise of online and the fans that were already going to go see it. What is WB doing to bring people in to see another Batman story? Right. Right. What builds this audience? What makes you excited about this? If you say Zoe Kravitz, I'm going to tip my cap to you and kiss you on your way because I can't deny that. 
I get it. Right. The rest of it. Woo, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I think that's the, 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 the question that folks need to ask. Whether you're excited for seeing this or not. If you're excited to see this, it's great. But, does and, and I'm generally asking this, does this have that outside appeal at this point? Where it's gonna, where it's gonna, people going like, yes, another one. Because again, there's been this problem with these films, and this is gonna be the first exclusive release in the theater for um, WB since um, shit since Birds of Prey. At the uh, was that beginning of 2020. So this is their first oh, in theater. Wow. Re- this is their first in theater release since then. So again, maybe it'd be fine. Again, they've done they've done hybrid. So when they did. Um, I think Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters, uh, no, Godzilla, ver- Godzilla versus Kong was a hyper release, and it did, it did fine, you know, uh, considering it was a hyper release. And some of their other films have done surprisingly well, um, considering they've been hyper releases both in the theater and outside. So maybe it'll be fine, you know. But this is the only one that this is their first time of an actual like blockbuster exclusively only in theaters. That's only the way you can see it, type deal. You know, and and I, again, Marvel's been doing this thing. I've heard great things about Peacemaker. I haven't seen the episodes yet, uh, but Marvel's also been doing this thing where, because of the Disney Plus, they've been keeping their name in the streets, right? <laughs> Literally, they've been keeping their name out there, pe- building that up. Even with the way they did the Disney Plus only release for Black Widow, and then uh, did Shang Chi, and then. But then quickly getting these movies into Disney Plus afterwards. Like there's like, I think it's like a 30 day release window or shorter or 45 day release window to get them on to, to Disney Plus. So people can now then see them. You get two, you get two buzzes, right? You one time when it's, in the, it's on either Disney Plus exclusively or when it's um, in the theater. And then another one when it hits Disney Plus, people can then see it from there. You're getting these two buzzes. Then you get the Disney Plus shows that are coming out at this routine pace. They're constantly, people are constantly want to be part of that that universe you've built. So there's a natural way of, hey, hey, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There's no question that's going to be, people are going to go to the theater to see that. If you were to come out and say, that movie's going to be three hours, not going to have the same, same, same effect. People are going to go see it because now it's like, well, you've already got us and we saw... The- these multiverse rumors I'm hearing about this movie? That's what I'm saying. It's like, those are, those are things that are... Those, between not just the rumors, but then you also get the actual stuff you've seen. We've seen Loki. We've seen... What they did with No Way Home. You've seen these things. They've kept their name out there. You know what the plan is. So people are like, I can't miss that film. I'll go to see it. For the Batman, what is it? Is it part of the, the new? Is it is it kicking off the new universe? Is it separate from this new universe you're building with Bat with with, with, with Batgirl and and what what is what what are we doing? What what is this? What what where does it fit? And the answer is, quite frankly, nobody knows. And someone so, someone asked me, oh, is this Batman have uh, Michael Keaton and I said no. For some reason, they put all their Batman in their Flash movie. Right. You know. And I will tell you, man. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't see the appeal. Here, 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 I don't know who here, that Agent movie was for. I don't know this is for you. Yeah, you know, you know the funny thing. Of what I would have done now that I mentioned it. Fine, fine. Keep, 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 keep Michael Keaton in, in background as a separate universe. You know what I would have done? I would have made. I would have made Michael Keaton Alfred. Because you're wrong. Cause you're wrong. <laughs> Made a fucking Alfred and said, "Fuck it, right? Why not? You know, do it. You know, it's like, come on. Like, I, I just, I, but my, my, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing 
because I, I, and the reason why I'm saying this is like, as a whole, WB has damaged the DC brand. Not just from people like me and you that have already been like out. I mean, you mentioned this last week. You have people that are upset because they're going to erase the, the Snyderverse. And we've mentioned this before. It's like, now you have people that are Snyderverse fans who are now actively rooting against anything else that comes out. Like, you got Snyderverse fans that are actually not happy with Michael Keaton is taking over. I mean, not Michael Keaton. With, um, with probably not happy with that, but they're not, definitely not happy with um, Patterson as, as a new Batman. They want Batflick. You know? And so, and they're looking at this as a as an affront to what uh, Snyder was doing, building and moving away. So it's like you've now built into your own fan base a civil war. Mm-hmm. You've already built it in. And then that doesn't even get to the people outside of it. Like me and you, well, I don't even count me and you anymore, right? No. We're, not, we're not the target audience. Fine, I've, I've accepted that. But your target audience, who is it? You can't figure it out. Are you trying to bring... Why would, why would I want to come in your house when your family fight? Right, family fight. I can't even get along. Why would I want to come in? Right. And then I don't know who this new trailer for Batman is is aimed at. I just don't. I don't know if you have the appeal of somebody who's never, never, who's seen the last few DC films and goes, and eh, they're not for me and I'm not really into it. Oh, yeah, now I'm going to do it. Like, I don't. Chris, Chris, Chris. If the bat suit's bulletproof, what's the point? <sighs> Uh, that scene still bothers me. If it's Iron Man suit that can't fly, <laughs> still that scene still bothers me. You feel me? Like he's trained, and then da, 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 da. why do you do all that training? That's the, thing, that's the thing too. To me, I still haven't seen anything in the terms of the fighting and the the way the Batman moves to make him a you know a, you know the Dark Knight or actually a ninja or somebody who actually disappears. Like, I still haven't seen any of that. Moon Knight is going to blow this motherfucker out of the water. I'm so excited. Just. I hope Moon Knight, I hope they have a flashback to an imagined origin where he sees pearls hit pavement. <laughs> and then someone slaps, like, that's not what happened to you. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, I hope some shit, like, I hope there's some real, real fucking slimy shit like that. I hope it's some real, I hope there's a bat illusion. There's a dog, the trailer. It's the Dark Knight leap. From Frank Miller into the Disney logo. I know. I know. I was like, these motherfuckers. I know. Yo. I know. Y'all lucky. Like, even, even I don't the know suit. how petty they're going to be. Y'all lucky I ain't in charge. Ooh, buddy, man, y'all would hate my black guy. Ooh, y'all would hate. <sighs> I, don't, I don't understand. I just don't. don't. I'd, have, I'd have Mark do a voice for the first two episodes, and then when someone says, someone knows him, why are you guys doing fucking voice? Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Super Shooter Recap. Uh, again, you can email us in um, your questions, comments, mailbag at mtrnetwork.net. Um, next week, we're also going to be doing uh, the first part of our Legion of Superheroes on yes. Character Corner. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be episode 100 for Character Corner. So. Uh, stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, we'll be back soon, folks. So again, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>